Hi, this is Mike Love of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. Sponsored by Endless Summer So many years ago, but I remember a distant sunset on the open sea. Fascinated by the sailing ships On a crimson shore that seemed to call out to me I still can feel the hope that fills my heart I still can taste the ocean breeze As I sail Great show last night. Thank you, man. 
You've got a lot of fans worldwide. It's interesting. Your music, I think, has reached so many people. And I also, when I see people get an autograph from you or they get their picture taken with you, they get just as excited and it means just as much to them. How does it make you feel knowing that people get just as much of a thrill out of just the moment of getting their auto, you know, your autograph or getting their picture taken with you as much as your music means to them? Yeah, I'm proud of myself because for one reason, people want my love and my music. And when they ask for an autograph, I'm very proud to, to do an autograph. <laughs> I know so many people who think they can do it alone They isolate their heads and stay in their safety zone Now what can you tell them And what can you say that won't make them defensive Come on like they're peaceful, but inside they're so uptight. They trip through the day and waste all their thoughts at night. Now how can I come on and tell them the way that they live would be better? And you're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast with David Beard. Welcome to episode 13. We we just listened to I Know There's an Answer from Brian's 2002 Pet Sounds Live album. Right before that, we heard from Brian. And we started today's show with Sail Away, which has a nice little nod at the beginning to Sloop John B. And that's from Brian's 2015 No Peer Pressure album. And it features 
Blondie Chaplin, Al Jardine, and Matt Jardine, who are currently on tour with Brian, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Pet Sounds album. Now, Pet Sounds was originally released in May of 66, and Brian had a wonderful Pet Sounds 50th tour in 2016, selling out concert after concert. And it just continues. They did so well, and Brian enjoys doing it for the fans so much. They've continued it into 2017 with over 50 newer new tour dates. So go to brianwilson.com and click on the tour date button and check it out. Today we're going to be talking with Brian's music director, Paul Von Mertens. And the first question I had for Paul was, from 2016, celebrating the Pet Sounds 50th anniversary, I asked him what memory stood out. Now, what he has to say next might surprise you. One of my memorable moments on stage during the tour was playing the um, Primavera Festival in Barcelona. And on the way to the festival, Brian said, I want to open the show with Monster Mash. Now, we had been playing Monster Mash occasionally um, as we worked our way through England and, um, and then had stopped doing it for a while. And it's a song, I think, that for Brian makes him, uh, it reminds him of his youth. It's a fun song. It's lighthearted. And... Um, uh, and he enjoyed doing it, and then we had dropped it for a while. And then he wanted to open the festival at Primavera with Monster Mash, and um, I felt nervous about about doing that. I said, are you sure that you want to begin the whole show with that song? And he goes, yeah, I want to do it. And um, he really doesn't demand very much from us. And uh, so I said, okay, we'll, we'll do it. It's in. Um, but I had a it felt a little bit funny to me. We were going to play for 40,000 people at this big outdoor festival. And, um, you know, the song went over in, in the most wonderful way. It was a beautiful, sunny afternoon. <laughs> Nowhere near Halloween, of course. Um, but there was something so just charming and like lighthearted and silly about it that I think it, it kind of, well, I know it kind of blew everybody away. Um, and uh, the next band that came on stage after us, I forget who they were, but a super hip, very young band said, hey, Brian Wilson just opened his set with Monster Mash. How awesome is that? Um, and uh, it was one of those moments where I thought, okay, this is, this is really Brian being Brian. And his... Um, musician, but also had this great appreciation for Brian, and he was able to bridge the 
the um, the gap, the musical gap, you know, between uh, an orchestra and a rock band, and he was so helpful in making that happen, and it was personally very satisfying. You've heard Pet Sounds many times. Now, I'm going to go back to the point where you joined Brian's band all those years ago. Prior to joining the band, how familiar were you with Pet Sounds? Um, I was aware of it, but wasn't, you know, deeply into it. Um, while I was on tour with Point Dog Pondering, like during the, I guess in the mid-90s, the guitar player in the band, Doc Julen, asked me about Pet Sounds. I think he, he had like a cassette of it. <laughs> Back in those days, we still had cassettes. And he said, have you heard this? And I said, I think so. And he goes, go in your bunk and listen to it right now. <laughs> so I did. And uh, it also contained a lot of the, the outtakes, um, yeah. like vocal outtakes and vocal only parts. And I was just completely blown away at, at that point. Um, so that was kind of my late coming uh, to an awareness of just how deep the music was and Brian and the Beach Boys in general. So prior to that, I had played, um, done a lot of jazz and, you know, some pop music and that kind of thing. But my training had really, and area of study had mostly been uh, playing jazz, which I, you know, took to a very high level, but kind of uh, started to change direction when I met Brian and the band and started working on this music. Well, Jen, uh, you know, a lot of what Brian accomplished uh, with the Beach Boys back on Pet Sounds, especially, was where he was, and Good Vibrations, of course, and, and some, uh, even on Friends, he he brought the jazz aesthetic into the, the pop culture. <laughs> he managed that in a way that no one had managed it prior to him. Um was that something that you picked up on when you were listening to those sessions? Because the vocals only, of course, don't type, don't really carry a jazz aesthetic to them at all. But the the music is is quite unique. And and uh, so coming from jazz, what 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 was the first thing that I mean? What what do you recall kind of picking up on? Well, the influence of jazz is is obvious in some ways. I mean, Hal Blaine, he's a swinging drummer. He swings. And um, uh, songs like California Girls and Let Him Run Wild um, are, you know, they don't necessarily swing in like a Cal Basie way or a Duke Ellington way. And of course, there's many different ways to play uh, music that swings. But, you know, he's a swinging drummer. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't straight like four on the floor kind of playing coming from the drum set so that you know that appealed to me right away um the uh there's acoustic bass on um a number of the songs um and also i think listening to jazz and studying jazz and a variety of other kinds of music as well um i appreciated the the broad spectrum of influences that you hear in in Brian's music um, and uh, elements of jazz and classical music, although I would say that um, he didn't really try to incorporate classical music into his 
into his writing, but he would have players use an instrument, like an instrument normally associated with the orchestra, like a cello or a timpani, but he'd have them play those instruments like a rock instrument, like the cello on um, uh, the cello on Good Vibrations, um, or the use of the timpani really throughout uh, pet sounds. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what was part of what what was appealing was the great um, the many layers of musical influences and the way that things were put together. Um, and of course, a lot has been said and written about um, uh, his unique approach to, to harmony and voice and chords and um, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, when you got to uh, put together that opening uh, suite um, back in '98, '99 for the Pet Sounds, that initial Pet Sounds tour, what what um, Kind of, kind of describe that to me because I, I I found that fascinating and you did that with Van Dyke, right? Yes, and actually Van Dyke did did the suite. We okay. um, uh, Van Dyke was kind of in charge of the entire incorporation, I would say, of the orchestra into the tour, and um, uh, he left it to me to. Uh, create orchestral arrangements for the Pet Sounds record, um, or the Pet Sounds part of the set, and he created the suite okay. of uh, that's that's purely orchestral. There's no band mm-hmm. involved in that. Um, and I know that he told me at the time that when he was putting it together, he wanted to to delight and please Brian. You know, so he chose songs. Um, that he thought would would do that, and he chose to orchestrate them in a way that would, you know, basically highlight the beauty of the melody and the and the harmony. So that was his approach, and um, uh, when uh, it when it came to the the orchestra parts for Pet Sounds itself, I remember having a conversation with Van Dyke early on, and I said, you know what, on the record they there isn't really a full orchestra. There's orchestra elements and there's a string section here and there and other uh, brass instruments and that kind of thing. I don't really need the whole orchestra. And um, uh, he said, my boy, I think you should do what you're told. (laughs) 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 We've got an orchestra. You better use it. um, uh, My boy. Anyway. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. He also, when referring to those those arrangements, um, he stressed the fact that it had to be uh, that it had to be polished. You know, it really had it had to pay attention to, to detail and make it coherent, as tight as possible. And uh, he said, "It's got to be slicker than deer guts on a doorknob." What? Slicker, slicker than deer guts on a doorknob. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, Van Dyke is um, a delight. In, yes, uh, yes. In the, way, the way that he expresses himself and the colloquialisms that he either invents or pulls out of somewhere in, the, in his vast experience. Um, but, uh, so, it, that was, you know, writing for a 
full orchestra. I had done it for a few times before that, but that was a major and intimidating process to make it effective um, and uh, also not to interfere or tread on the, the original intent and atmosphere of the music. In other words, like not, not to schmaltz it up, mm -hmm. to, support, to support the music. Um, so, uh, I mean, I hope that, that we were successful. It was definitely a pleasure now that to do it and to revisit it with the Boston Pops. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember the first show, the very first Pet Sound show that you did? Yeah, um, it was in Pennsylvania, I think, at the State Theater. This is my recollection, anyway. Um, and we had uh, a grueling day of rehearsal um, with the orchestra basically running the entire suite and running through, uh, which which took most of the day. And then we ran through Pet Sounds with the full orchestra one time, I think. We had a like one complete run-through before we performed it the next day. So um, it was exhilarating and extremely nerve-wracking. Um, but the fact that people were very excited about the show and that the audience was stoked um, definitely helped relieve the, the jitters mm -hmm. somewhat. It starts with just a little glance now Right away you're thinking about romance now Just can't wait to get to know her. A brand new love affair is such a beautiful thing. But if you're not careful, think about the pain it can bring. It makes you feel so bad. It makes your heart feel sad. It makes your days go wrong. It makes your nights so long. You gotta keep in mind, love is here. Today is gone. Tomorrow it's here and 
kind of just speak to the the different personnel and 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 what they're bringing i mean fans who go see the show obviously know what they're bringing but if you could just speak to that a little bit sure um well for one thing um al brings um a a degree of authenticity to to the proceedings that is um that's that's very important um and not just his voice, which is still fantastic, um, but um, just his presence, you know, and the fact that he was there at the very beginning. He's known Brian since they were children, and um, they have a, Brian and Al have a nice banter uh, and uh, rapport on stage, which is um, totally unscripted and often, um, uh, you know, very charming and, and funny, and it's kind of, it's just nice to these guys who have known each other for so long and done so much music together um, to be up there still doing it. That's awesome. Um, having Matt in the band is um, is also a delight because he does such a fantastic job of singing. And there's, um, you know, he's continuing, he's a continuing part of the story of the band and of the music. He grew up with the music. He toured with the band when he was a baby. He was on tour with with the band. Um, so he's lived and breathed the music. And um, it's clear when you see the band perform that um, that Alice is so happy and proud to have to be working with his son, you know, and it's kind of a, a, a dream come true for any father, right, to have have that kind of relationship, um, ongoing relationship and closeness with your, uh, with your children. Um, and so I think that brings something special to the, to the performance too, just the family vibe and the connection there. Um, uh, we love having Blondie on stage with us and Brian, Brian loves Blondie and he really digs what he does and what he brings to, uh, to the band, he brings a, a certain uh, wildness that I think we all need because we can get a little bit too careful about, you know, playing everything perfectly, and um, and then Blondie you know, kind of shakes it up, and uh, uh, which is he just brings so much spirit to it. It's really awesome. Um, Gary Griffin is a, a consummate musician, keyboard player, singer. He knows the music extremely well and um uh he's uh the fact that he's he's able to cover um uh, any of the keyboard parts um which he has been called on to do a few times um is uh is extremely valuable i mean he's just a great musician and a great person to hang out with um and uh, also has you know some quite quite a bit of history with Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Hinchy, so happy that he's um, uh, that he's 
that he's healthy and strong and that he's going to be coming back out with us. Um, so between, between Billy Darian and Gary Griffin, um, the, uh, uh, those keyboard parts are well covered. Darian is busy, um, at times, uh, composing music for, for television. And it's a, a rigorous and crazy schedule. And, um, he's, has to juggle that a bit. Um, but we're lucky that we have people like Billy and Gary who can, who can kind of trade off and fill in as needed. And Billy also has very long history with, with the Beach Boys and with Brian. Um, his band opened for the Beach Boys at the Hollywood Bowl in like 1964 or something. So they go back a ways and, uh, he brings a, a kind of, um, uh, he brings his own vibe to the to the stage and to the music. From 1973's two LP set, The Beach Boys in Concert. Al Jardine handling the lead vocal there, that golden voice of rock, as far as I'm concerned. Thanks for tuning in today. This has been episode 13 of Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. I'd like to thank Brian Wilson for taking the time to share his thoughts on bringing his love 
to his fans. And, of course, Paul Von Mertens, Brian's music director. Head over to brianwilson.com. Brian is, again, doing over 50 dates, uh, tour dates, of his Pet Sounds in its entirety in the second set. So what you're going to get, first set, is kind of a mixture of Brian and Beach Boys hits, and then second set, Pet Sounds in its entirety. And it's really great. And the show always ends with Brian's classic, Love and Mercy worth its weight in gold right there. Thanks for tuning in today. Look for episode 14 with the Beach Boys Band's music director, Scott Totten. That's just around the corner. Thanks for tuning in.